Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins. And today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And we are talking about leading laterally. So wherever you are in your leadership at one time or another, or maybe even now, you are having to lead laterally. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you probably have peers. Even if you're the senior guy, you have peers that may not look like leading laterally, but it's at least communicating laterally. But for most of us, we're probably in a position where we've got some peers that, that we need to interact and engage with well and often lead well. Mm-hmm. So Daniel, yeah. give us an opening thought about leading laterally. Yeah. And, and once again, I mean, listen to the previous podcasts we've done on this leading up and then leading down the, the two we did right before this one, because yeah, all that stuff does apply to what we're talking about right now. But I would say of the three leading laterally is probably the most challenging because in a sense, when you lead down, yeah, you are, you are in authority. You have leadership, you have formal leadership over this person, whether they're paid or not, right? Even with your volunteers, you are formally in charge and that has a dynamic. And when you're leading up, I mean, they are in charge of you and I don't know anyone who wants to sabotage themselves, right? So there is a sense of, yeah, I I, I want this to work well. And I, and I want, you know, if, if your boss succeeds, you succeed, right? So when you're leading up, that's something to think about. And, and it does play into that. But what about leading laterally, right? Like why, why would anyone invest a podcast into that? Why would anyone invest time to learn how to lead laterally? Well, it's because if you want to succeed as an individual, if you want your ministry to succeed and you can define success in whatever way that you want to do uh, define that. But if you want that to happen, your teammates need to succeed. Your teammates need to win just as much as you need to win. Like for you to get to a meeting and you're the only one knocking out of the park and your teammates aren't for you to say, well, it's not my problem or I'm glad I'm not their boss. Or if my boss only did a better job, then they would be doing a good job for you to fully lay it on your boss in that way means you're never going to go up. It means you're never going to um, show yourself that you have more leadership than you have right now. By leading laterally and by gaining that influence and by influencing that way where everyone is winning, man, when it comes time to a pro- for a promotion or when it comes time for um, whatever else that might be for you, then I mean, who who's the boss going to look to? Right. The one who is like adding value to everyone. Who are your peers going to nominate for an award or whatnot? You, because you're adding value to everyone. Now, I, I, I've used all these examples of promotion and, and, and going up and, and all that stuff. Not to say that that's always the goal, but I just wanted to use that as an example to explain uh, and, and to elaborate the benefits of investing into this topic. So if you're going to skew one way or the other, I would say leading laterally looks a lot more like leading up Mm. than it does down because you need to put yourself in a posture of servant leadership where you're Mm. coming alongside someone um, and submitting to their authority, maybe in a given area. So we all have specialties. We all have unique skills. This may not be their their, um, specific 
specialty or what they were hired for, but they may have more skill than you in something. Mm -hmm. And you as a leader need to be humble enough, you know, to, to admit that and, you know, not only look out for your own interests, but interests of others, consider others more important than yourselves. Yeah, that's good. Um, I have like, um, 14 different, uh, uh, <laughs> Bible translations in my head. I can't quote verses anymore, Daniel. I don't know about you, <laughs> but I'm like, I read, I used to read this personally and preach out of this. Uh, and then now I use CSB. And so they all just kind of meld together. So <laughs> yeah, Philippians do something. Yeah. Philippians do something guys. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but you know, you do need to be humble and consider others better than yourselves and just submit to them. And the other piece of that is, is also, um, communicating well with them when there's something that overlaps into their area or something comes up, keep short accounts mm-hmm. with your, with your peers. Um, make sure that they understand the context of why you're doing what you're doing. And it may seem like overkill, but not so that you can be promoted, but so that, you know, you're just a good teammate. Um, mm-hmm. But it will, like Daniel said, you'll, you'll tend to rise above the, the guy that um, it, let me, let me say this. If you are the guy that Daniel mentioned earlier, who's knocking it out of the park while your peers appear not to be, um, you don't look like a leader. You look like a brown noser. Mm. Um, and so it, you will actually look like more of a leader if you stand out for leading laterally than you do leading on your own. If you lead laterally, that is a very unique skill set, and it builds trust. It builds so much so that everybody's like, yep, it's easy, obvious, and strategic why he got that role Mm -hmm. over the rest of us, except for the guy who was brown nosing and thinks he's awesome and doesn't understand everybody else totally understands because this person is actually leading the team. He was leading the team before he had the position. He had the informal, informal leadership position before he received the formal or she received the formal leadership. So I think that's important when you're considering lateral leadership, seek to informally lead um, from a position of peer versus a position of authority, which we yeah. already talked about what that kind of looks like in leading down. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's when you think about that dynamic, you're on the same team with other people and you're trying to figure out, okay, am I, how much of my role is independent from others? Can I be dependent on one another? What does it look like for this team to be interdependent? And that's something that um, Drake Farmer, one of our executive pastors here has been working a lot with our team on. How do we cultivate interdependence, interdependence on teams, interdependence across the organization, not just dependence and not independence, but interdependence. And I love that. I absolutely love that because uh, when you think about that dynamic of being on a team with someone else, yeah, you know what? You have your role. They have their role. We all have different responsibilities. But when it comes to getting your work done and fostering interdependence, that's like being on a team and leading laterally. That's the place where you can best do that through strengths and weaknesses. 
Uh, now, some some of our listeners might know that I've been a Gallup certified strengths performance coach for years now, and one of the core one of the core ideas in that whole philosophy and framework is that you focus on your strengths and you manage your weaknesses, right? And you manage your weaknesses in two different ways. Number one, by developing complementary relationships with others, where um, hey, you're strong at this. I'm weak at that. Let's be dependent on one another, interdependent on that way. And I'm strong at this. You're weak at that. Let's let's kind of swap and help one another in that way. That's one way that you manage your weaknesses. And the other way is to to view them differently, um, to change your frame of how you view them and, and try to view them through one of your talents, your themes or your strengths. So I bring that up because when you're on a team with someone else and there is that sense of, yeah, you know what? You are like you are... You are killer at that. Um, for you to go to them and ask them for advice and help on your area. I mean, that's if you're on the same team with one another and there's trust developed and all that stuff, of course, they're going to want to help you because you you all want to win together and then vice versa. So I would say that's the philosophy and framework on one end. And the other thing is, if you haven't done the working genius assessment with uh, by Patrick Glenzioni, definitely do that. Uh, because the the neat thing about that, and Todd and I can geek out on assessments all day long, uh, but the <laughs> but the neat thing about that assessment in particular is he talks about six different areas uh, that you are a genius at, that you're competent at, or that's frustrating for you. And the thing that I I absolutely love about this framework is all six. Uh, the way he worked all this out is basically from inception to completion of a project. So as you think about those six stages, it's like, yeah, you know what? There's going to be some people who are a genius at wonder and they're it's, it's before the invention of an idea. It's just the wonder. They're the ones that ask questions. And then the next stage is invention. And then the next stage is discernment. And then on and on it goes. So I actually led my team, uh, like my executive team through this yesterday, where we interacted with one another and, and understood each other even more so through the lens of the working genius so that, so that we could lean on an, lean on one another. So here's how I let it. Um, everyone did the assessment. And then I asked everyone two questions. I want you to present your results, but I want you to do it in two ways. Number one, tell everyone what you bring to the team. And then after you do that, tell everyone what you need from the team. And in that way, they were able to... We were, we were, I was trying to cultivate that interdependence and us leaning on one another for projects. I love that. I mean, what I wrote down uh, already in my notes was it's about empathy and interdependence mm. versus expertise. And yeah. so I also wrote down that I hope that um, one of those voices was in Yoda, but mm. that you made them present. But <laughs> that would have yes. been awesome. Yes, that would have been. Yeah. Can't be you. <laughs> but or maybe the, Mando. Mando. Mandalorian. It's too soon, man. It's too soon. Doesn't, doesn't come on for a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the big takeaways, um, I think, are helping people understand that, uh, man, lateral leadership is, is hard. And it, it is. looks a lot like leading up um, just to your peers. And it is taking on more responsibility and ownership and being empathetic. Uh, it takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are already, 
you know, leading and you have your own job and, and fill in the blank, but leading laterally is what true leadership looks like. Yep. Totally. And honestly, I, I know we're coming to the end of this podcast, but I, I just think back to the first one we recorded on this in this little mini series where it's about trust, right? How do you develop that trust? And if you, there is no trust in your team and there's no trust with one another, then I mean, good luck. Like you can't, you're not going to win as a team, number one, because you're probably going to sabotage one another. But there's definitely no way that you can lead laterally. So how do you come? And I, and I love how you brought up Philippians too. How do you come and adopt the attitude of Christ Jesus? Right? How do you do that and serve one another? And because that's, that's the key to building trust. Well, one of the ways. So one last thing I, I want to say before letting you wrap up is as a leader, if you don't have your vision and values down, you make it very, very hard for people to lead laterally mm -hmm. because they need a strong why that connects them and a strong why that allows them to work on interdependent things and inter interdependent goals and vision that we're all kind of carrying forward. You do your team a great disservice and their ability to lead laterally if there's not clarity there. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't have your vision and values clarified and maybe you think you do, but no one knows them, well, then you haven't done a good job creating clarity <laughs> around them. And if you don't do that, then you know what? Everyone's going to create their own. Yes. <laughs> and talk about chaos. And, and what is that in the book of Judges? <laughs> right? Everyone, Everyone does, does what's, right. what's right in their own mind. And yeah. that's what that's happens. Gonna, yeah, that's what happens. They may even be a good leader and normally empathetic. But if you haven't given them tracks to run on, yep. they look like a selfish leader. They look like they're doing their own thing, lifting themselves up. And it's all about them, etc. Just by you not giving them clarity and vision and values and, and, and those two tracks to run on. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for listening into the One Ministry Question podcast. We would be honored if you would share this episode or even this mini series with someone on your team, uh, with others that you know, and just to spread the word about this podcast. I know it's still a baby podcast uh, as we think about even just the other ones that we've done together, five leadership questions and the new churches Q&A. But man, we're trying to address um, really just in time one question at a time sort of topics to help you where you're at. So we'd be honored if you'd share the news to maybe even text a friend this episode link. Well, thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.